From the Financial Times in London, I'm Jonathan Wheatley and this is FT News. After days of vote counting, Pedro Paulo Kuczynski has been declared victor in Peru's presidential election. Not just the tightest election in Peru for 50 years, but surely anywhere. A difference of just over 40,000 votes in a nation of 30 million people. So, with the support of half the electorate, a former Wall Street banker is taking over from one of the dwindling band of left-wing governments remaining in Latin America. Joining me to discuss the implications from Lima is Andres Kipani, the FT's Andean correspondent. Andres, does he face a divided nation or is he going to get a smooth ride? It's going to be tough. I mean, I had an interview with him uh, last night and that was the first point he stressed, that he needs to build bridges, start to try to build consensus with both actually with the Fujimoris, who represent 50% of the country, but also with the left. I mean, you have to take into account that he got a big chunk of the votes coming from the left, essentially not because they wanted to vote for him, but because they wanted to fend off another Fujimori from taking office. So he will have to make concessions, definitely, and he will try to use all of his political skills to try and, and get a consensus in order to be able to actually govern. And if he is able to get that, and it sounds like it is going to be a tough job, is he going to do anything that's dramatically different from Alanta Humala, the the previous president, or from what what Keiko Fujimori, the other candidate, would have done if she'd won? Well, regarding Humala, there's a lot of disenchantment with his administration. I mean, his approval ratings are among the lowest in Latin America. There are, I think there are less than, than, than 10% right now, mainly because he's perceived as someone who led crime slide and has not delivered much and pretty much anything. So there's a lot of this concern sort of around uh, investors as well. So, I mean, there has been willingness for a long time now to see a new face in the presidential palace and a new stripe and a new and a new cabinet team. Uh, regarding Fujimori, actually we don't know. She portrayed herself as more conservative than uh, Mr. Kuczynski, still trying to listen her, herself from her father's dark legacy. You have to remember that Miss Fujimori's father was a man who was an autocrat who essentially once, for example, sent tanks and soldiers to to shut down Congress and intervene the judiciary. He's now serving a very long uh, prison sentence for for human rights abuses, establishing death courts and corruption and so on. So while he is a very divisive figure in Peru, a lot of people love him for crushing the, the shining path Maoist insurgency and for putting... Peru back on the on the path of economic recovery after a, a ravaging hyperinflation in the late 1980s and, and early 1990s. I was going to say you've got uh, half of the population that apparently did want a return to something resembling his government and the other half that, from what you've said, includes a large cohort that voted for Kuczynski even though they didn't really want him to be, to be in charge. So what's he going to have to do to get the population on his side? Well, he'll have to do a lot. He will try to find a way to please the left, particularly, I mean, he has a mining background. I mean, Mr. Kuczynski was, was mining minister for a while. He worked in the mining industry in Africa, for example, and in Peru. So he will have to find a way to please, yes, big mining investors, but also environmentalists who are also all aligned with, with the left. This is a problem for a lot of commodity countries, in, not just in, in Latin America, but around the world. 
What's he going to be able to do to resuscitate growth without depending on some kind of recovery in a commodity super cycle, which people obviously isn't really around the corner? No, as you say, I mean, Peru is essentially a mining-driven economy. It's one of the, of the world's top copper producers. So the, the economy has been hot. However, it's recovering now mainly because this has been a boot in output in some uh, large copper mines, which is essentially offsetting lower prices. However, yes, he's going to need to find new sources of, of growth to, to underpin growth in Peru. He said he's going to put a lot of, of effort into bringing small and medium informal enterprises into the formal economy and bring a credit revolution uh, by formalizing more people, getting more people into the actual formal system. They could add up to two percentage points of growth over the next few years as another driver to the economy, so essentially to develop a bigger internal market. When you spoke to him last night, you were telling us earlier, he said that he's going to try and drive credit expansion as well. Let's just listen to what he had to say about that. So then the, the next big economic thing is water, health and education. And what is the consequence of that? The credit revolution. Because if you look at bank and formal credit in Peru, it's roughly 35, 38% of GDP. It used to be 10 when I became finance minister, and it's kind of gone up. But in Chile, it's 80. The U.S. is 120. So if we can get this 35 up to 60, suddenly you've got an enormous engine of growth here. You know, I'm not saying it should turn into Iceland or Ireland with bank uh, busts and all that. But, but that's a, a free engine of growth because you, you don't need to sell copper to the Chinese at, at $3 a pound to do that. No? Is he going to be able to do that? Is the banking sector ready to expand credit in the current situation? Peruvian banks are relatively strong, and they have grown a lot in recent years. You have to take into account that over the past decade or so, Peru has managed to slash poverty rates and developed a new emerging middle class. So you had a new class of consumers, and, and the banking sector and the retail sector also had expanded alongside that. So there will need to be a lot of work to do still, but some of the basics are already established. Okay, we'll be we'll be watching closely to see how successful he is on building on that. Anders, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.